So on the so on this podcast, I'm joined by the freelance journalist Michael McCune. Uh, hi, Michael, how you doing? Hi, Reagan. Thanks for having me on. I've been listening to your podcast for a wee while, and I think they're brilliant. So it's nice to be here. No, cheers, Michael. Um, it's great to have you on. So, Michael, just take us back how you first got into journalism because you've got a, a disability yourself. And how did you find it getting into journalism? Yeah, right. So, um, my disability is cerebral palsy. Um, I've always wanted to get into the media since I've been a wee boy. And to be honest, that wasn't yesterday when I was a wee boy. That was like years ago. Um, so, I, I first kind of... Um, Years ago, I had this kind of like part-time radio station in the house where, um, you know, I I was just playing music and and all that, you know, but I was only in my bedroom. Um, So, uh, and then, um, you know, back in the day when, you know, I was tapes and all that, I might think about old Reagan because I was kind of like the early 90s or, you know, forever. Um, So... Um, but yeah, so so I started out doing kind of like more more regular shows in, in my bedroom and stuff like that, and people people would wonder he he's a bit daft kind of <laughs> doing that. Um, so when I was eighteen, um, I joined the uh, hospital regular, um, and uh, I, I went out to collect different uh, different. Uh, requests from patients and all that and brought them back to the studio and then I moved on to like the producing sports news uh, on hospital radio so yeah Miguel Reagan has been a part of my life since I've been a wee 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 boy um, and stuff like that and yeah I, I love the, the kind of media and, and, and the kind of buzz that, that, that you get from the whole media kind of thing. And what was it that inspired you to get into media? Was it family, friends, or did you just enjoy watching it yourself and thought, I'll oh, give this a go? Yeah, um, I think nobody really inspired me to get into it. I think it was just me saying that I want to, you know, like give it a go, but Obviously, um, I had to wait until like I was eighteen to really get into kind of like hospital radio, and then I, I kind of like broke into some uh, community stations and, and all that. And obviously, from then, like I worked my way up to a, a kind of level um, where I'm quite comfortable with at the moment. It could be a bit, you know, um, could be a bit. Um, challenging sometimes, you know, but obviously we'll go on to speak about that in a, in a minute or two if you want. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, I've always had a, a passion for, for the media, you know, and all types of media as well. It's not just kind of like, um, um, you know, podcasting like I'm doing now with you or TV or, or you know, whatever. Just uh, any type of, of media, you know. And I'm going to see this. Completely, but did you feel like your uh, your disability was going to hold you back because of where you wanted to work and how people would perceive that? That because I found that it's sometimes my, with my voice and sometimes a star, it's 
it can be open. Yeah, that, that's a good question, Regan. If you're asking me that now, I would like you to know, um, but obviously they might be a big maybe in there as well, um, and in terms of holding, holding me back, I mean, what I've found at the moment is, as well, is I'm trying to push like different media outlets to um, to uh, to to work with me in, in the kind of way about you know, like even though I'm a, I'm a kind of disability and I'm also a freelance journalist, usually I get a phone call to say, oh, can you contact, uh, can you can you do, go on Radio Scotland or whatever to comment on, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever, but really, it's really a bit frustrating because I'm the same as you, I'm a big football fan and, you know, I'm into politics and music and arts and current affairs and all the rest of it and but the, the, you never see a person with a disability on tv or on the radio speaking about scotland that the euro funds can uh, you know they, they always speak about like uh, the, the paralympics and i'm not saying that that's a good uh, i'm sorry i'm not saying that's a bad thing uh, i mean i like speaking about disability issues as well but as you and me know, and um, that's not all that we can actually give to the media kind of thing, you know, because I hear you quite a lot and, you know, like football phones and stuff like that, and I know that you're passionate for about football. So, um, you know, why, why don't they have you on as a pundit or, you know, whatever to, to speak about football. I think, like, um, disability, without getting in too much detail about this, I think, um, you know, disability is just a label at the end of the day. Um, we are just people with just uh, happens to have disabilities. But, you know, um, I wish people would kind of, like, look beyond the, the kind of disability and look at the talents that they can bring. Assuming you're uh, producing work, do you take more more pride in what you've done because of the challenges that people have faced in your way because of your disability? I wouldn't say that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, when I get a job, uh, when I get a job or whatever, I just kind of like do it. I don't really think about my my kind of like disability or, or whatever, and it doesn't kind of like hold me back. Um, you know, I, I just click it as kind of like any other kind of like job that I would do. But uh, no, I mean, I mean that, that doesn't. Yeah, just talk to us a bit about your uh, football show on the radio that you've been doing on, a, on the weekends. Yeah, so like I do a show on a flag at night between six and seven. Because uh, a bit of a shameless plug there from my show, Reagan, but like um, it's a sports show, and we, you know, um, when you when you hear radio stations up here, it's always Celtic Rangers, Rangers, Celtic, Celtic Rangers all the time, and I didn't want my show to be like that, so I wanted to be okay. We still speak about like the old film or the news film or whatever people want to call. But we also speak about um, other sports as well, like uh, women's football, women's rugby, 
Uh, we, we even spoke about like cricket the last few weeks on the show. Now, I, I don't know anything about cricket, but just because Scotland was playing, we thought, well, it would be good to mention like, the women's uh, cricket. I think they were playing Ireland a few weeks ago. So, yeah, we, we cover a, a multitude of different sports as, as well. And um, we, we we speak about disability sports as well, because funny enough, you know, I'm the presenter and I've got a disability myself, but like that's not that's not that kind of like be all and end all, you know what I mean? That there's more to a sports program than disability sports, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And the next question I've got for you is you've also joined Rock Sport as well. What was Rock Sport like as an experience? Because that, that's now changed to the Nevada Scotland. Yeah, um, it was it was an experience, but I suppose like rock sport was my first experience of doing a show of the week um, on uh, a station, and I pitched guy idea to them about doing a show. Um, maybe this is going against what I'm going to say here, but I was a bit disability sport because there was a show about football women's sport, there was a show about ice hockey as well, basketball, rugby, you know, it was different shows and every night they were doing like a magazine show and different kind of sports. And uh, I thought I thought we got good a uh, good chance to do a show on disability sports. So I emailed the my, my, the boss at the time and I went in to meet with him and uh, as I say I done the show um, and we got a bit like what you're doing with your podcast, right, Reagan, that I got some people on the show to speak about disability sports. So, you know, I spoke to um, someone from the SFA that uh, the, the coach that takes the cerebral palsy football team. And, you know, I spoke, I think at the time I was doing the show when it was uh, the... Now, um, I think it was the Seoul Olympics, um, the Winter Olympics, I can't remember offhand. Uh, I, I don't know if you know Reagan, but like, um, so I interviewed someday, it was out in Seoul at the Games um, to give us wheelchair covering and as well. So, yeah, so I was there, I was only there for like a few months actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it was. Yeah, I suppose it, it was a, a good experience for me at the time, you know. Now you're doing some freelance work with the BBC as well. Talk us a bit about that. Yeah, I so um yeah, so I do like freelance work for the BBC. Um because I'm freelance, um I've got to pitch ideas and see if they like it or not. Um, more times that they like it than, than only. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I done a story for the nine and when the new BBC Scotland channel came out about, what was that, about four years ago now um, and, and stuff. And it was about a boy going into a nightclub um, with cerebral palsy. But he was kind of refused entry, 
in to the club. Um, so yeah, that that was my first. Um, well, I was going to say that was my first TV experience. It really wasn't. It was, um, in fact, a funny story. Um, years ago, um, I don't know if you remember Reagan, but uh, a Ross Voice fan won Britain's Get Talent uh, back in, I think it was, oh, I can't remember what year it was. So the um, Reagan Scotland phoned me up one day to go on the show to speak about, you know, my, my views on that. So I, I phoned them, but in between times I was going I was going to a meeting up at the council because I'm the chairperson of my local disability group and kind of the East Renfrewshire. And um, so I, I said, kind of like, I'll do the interview, but I'm going to a meeting. So I had to phone the person at the council to say, that, that, listen, I'm coming up for the meeting, but I've also got to go on Radio Scotland, would it be possible if we can have a quiet space? So she said, I ain't no bother, Michael. So I went up, and then, believe it or not, Reagan, uh, where people get married in the, the council building, uh, they, they kind of they put them on, on in there, <laughs> like the Bregos, you know, like the Bregos and uh, speak for. People get smiley, get their regular car office. So I was sitting there, I was sitting there, let's get like a big bouquet of flowers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for that. So that was, that was like fun. And then uh, that night, actually, uh, I came home and um, it was a nice sunny night. Um, and I thought, well, I may as well just chill out and put my shorts on and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, I get a random phone call about half five from STV and, and they say to me, Michael, uh, would you mind coming on Scotland tonight to speak about uh, Lost Voice Man? And I said, hey, no bother. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't nervous or anything like that. In fact, I was a total opposite. I, I, I laughed every minute of it. Um, and that was my first experience about TV. So anyway, sorry, I so um um so yeah, I got commissioned for the nine, and I done that story, and then uh, I I do better work now for the BBC Social as well, and and just last November there, um, I did some work for STB, so um yeah, so. I mean, I've been about, uh, still find it a bit difficult at times, but I suppose that like, you've got to keep, you know, chipping away at it, you know, and I feel as though I've got myself to a good level now of experience and like, I've got kind of like different contacts uh, within the, the, the BBC and, and STV, so, so that was good. I know that that was a plot. I know that was a pretty long answer that I gave you, Reagan, so I'm sorry about that. The next thing I just want you to touch on is the bit on the social that you spoke about, that the only 53% of disabled people are working. What was your take when you seen that statistic? Yeah, it really annoyed me, um, and that's a polite way of putting it. 
I would really uh, annoyed. Um, I think it's back to what I was saying earlier on, Regan, that because um, I, I know you said to me before that we started doing that, the um, podcast that you, you're into the media and you, you want to get involved and you, you think that people get put off by you know your you know your your voice and and, and different things, but you know that that should that that should never come into people thinking when they commission you or um, if if they give you a job interview or, or whatever. Um, I mean, I can understand because obviously I've been through all that and. It's really frustrating, but I suppose that because it was down to me, it's the I don't give up where they can easy. Um, but when I saw that statistic, I wanted to highlight it to let people understand how unfair it is for people with disabilities, not only in maybe Glasgow, but and not only in the whole of Scotland, but you would say, okay, that's not the gap staff for the UK, but you would think it would be about the same or, or maybe worse and uh, whatever. So I'm a big um, advocate about um, we should really let people into, we should really give people a chance at working because as soon as you see some getting a wheelchair, employer, employers will in my, my opinion, employers do get put off by that. And I, I don't know why, but, you know, we should really, they should really look past it about, so that they should really look past uh, with that person in a wheelchair and look at the person and look at, like, the talent that they can bring to the job um, as well, you know, and look at the, look at the skills. Uh, that, that that can bring to the job and you know your disability should become second nature that kind of makes sense and also it should um, it should make them uh, think better of you that you, that you try to achieve something with your life rather than just sit about and do nothing you know yeah that, that's it yeah I mean to be honest I hate something about you doing nothing huh yeah I me too um, but like, um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, um, Reagan, about in, in terms of, you know, like, um, you know, getting into everything, uh, whether it's some media or short work or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, get, get, just give people a chance. And when, when I've done that for the social, um, and I did something similar for STB in November about the pay, people getting paid off because of COVID and stuff like that. I, I guess you know, it's quite hard. Um, sorry, I guess thing it's quite sad um, that when what two thousand and um, two two thousand dogs and you know we're, we're still mean uh, we're, we're still getting critic like kind of saying class citizens and my my opinion you know um and in terms of it's not when you speak about equality well that's not equality equality should be more people with disabilities and work and giga less people with you know disabilities and, and work as well and i suppose it's the same way 
you know, like, you know, not getting into it too deep, but kind of like LGBT and, and people from you know, ethnic minority, you know, but the background as well. Because um, I think there's still a lot of stigma out there um, and, and a lot of barriers to to be um, over, overcome, you know. The next thing I just want to t- touch on, really is your documentary that you've been commissioned for for the Paralympics in 2021 for Tokyo. Yeah, I still, um, yeah, I guess as well, I'm doing this interview today, not last week, because I, I only got commissioned last week, so, uh, and, and stuff, um, and I was kind of 99.9.9.9 and all the nines that's going to get commissioned, but I was still waiting for them to sign off. Um, so I got a phone call last week from the producer to say that, it got signed off, so so that's good. So hopefully, in the next two weeks, that we'll start working on like the documentary and, uh, and all that. Get it, uh, get it ready for uh, the Paralympics. So I, I hope it will still go ahead because they're still talking about um, cancelling the the Paral- well the Olympics and the Paralympics as well. So talk. So t- talk to us a bit about the pitch that you sent to the producer to commission the programme. Was it that you wanted to speak to the athletes or um, talk about their journey or their disability? What, what was it that you said to the producer? Okay, so the way it works for a commission is like um, you, you actually, um, actually contacted like the head of Reggae Scotland um, because he commissions everything. Um, so I had a meet with him. This, this was way back in, I think it was March time. So as you know, Reagan, like, um, if you get something commissioned, it's, very, it's a very slow process. Like, it, I mean, if you, if you commission something this afternoon, you might not hear back till two months down the line. That's the way they work. And I get really a bit frustrated by that because I want to know tomorrow if it's got like commissioned or not. But anyway, so I had a meeting with the, the head of Rego Scotland and uh, the kind of like pitch idea I put to them was to look at the Paralympics, but also to look at the history of like the Paralympics as well, but also to interview some of the athletes that's actually gone to kind of like Tokyo and stuff. Um, so I, I kind of like pitched that kind of like history program uh, about where where the where the Paralympics came to from now. So like I had to do like a timeline. So I had to do like a timeline on that. So um, and then my and then the, the commission at the BBC put me on to. Uh, the the development team up at the BBC because every time that somebody has a, a kind of idea, yeah, as I say, like the rest is history now. And the next part I just want to touch on with you is is this going to be a series or is it going to be like just a one part documentary? Yeah, 
Um, so I haven't got any dates yet, Regan. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be like a one-off kind of like documentary and the build-up to the Paralympics. Um, so I think like it will be, you know, like the week before or on the week when the the games begin. But yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for them to to let me know about the date and time and, and all that. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about your um, role of producing an interview. Ah, right, okay, yeah. Well, I, I kind of do the same as you as well, Regan. Uh, I do kind of like podcasting, so it's it's quite weird actually being interviewed because I'm usually kind of like the interviewer. So like today, you're, you're, you're the other side and, and all that, so, so that's good. But uh, no, I mean, I mean, I... I kinda I kinda like research the questions and look at the people I'm going to be interviewing as well. Um, you know, so for instance like I volunteer um for the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival, so never May. And they, they so and they they look for the appeal of different people to do interviews. But also back in the day when like, we were allowed out to go to venues and interview, you know, like the performers and all that. But obviously because of everybody's working from home and all that kind of stuff, I'm doing it from home. So I'm, I've just finished, like, I'm in the series there where I interview people. Um, I also do a podcast for an organisation called IRIS, um, where they do a lot of research on disability and mental health. And I've been there for about five or six years now, and I get commissioned to do a podcast once a month only about social care. So that could be benefits to sport, to employment, to whatever. Uh, so I, I interview people like that. So I actually quite enjoy it. I don't know about you, Regan, but I actually quite enjoy researching that who I'm going to be interviewing and all that. You know, um, I thought I would be into that years ago, but I, I like I like kind of doing that. And plus, I'm a wee bit nosy as well, so you know that that helps. That that helps a, a nosy journalist, I suppose. You know, so yeah. Yeah, who who would be the the best person you've interviewed, or or the most well known person you've interviewed? No, oh, Reagan, you put me on the spot there. Well known. Um, I think in terms of well known people, Neil Fatshe, the uh, Paralympian, the the cyclist. I don't want to give you too much away, but on this kind of uh, documentary, I'll be interviewing Gorgon Reed, uh, you know, wheelchair tennis player, um, and Sammy Kinghorn, uh, the wheelchair athletics as well. So I've, I've interviewed so many people uh, down, down the years, you know. Yeah, and so obviously you've got a big passion for football as well, uh, yeah. Michael. You were talking to me there about you're going to do 
on your radio show about Fru Scotland and the, and the European Championships. Talk to us yeah. about, 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 about that. Yeah, so basically, um, my show's on now, as I say, I get with Scusa Magazine, kind of a sports show. Obviously, it's off now for the... But we, we've taken a few weeks off now because of the football season, finals can cross, and they get break because um, every... I mean, since last June, it's been it's been every week it's been on, and I mean I like doing it. It's very good. Um, I research and, and all that kind of stuff. So Scotland's getting to the first European Championships. Yes, come on, Scotland! <laughs> but yeah. like, uh, so we, I could, um, I was, we were talking about doing a, a show uh, during the games. But obviously we haven't got the rights to the, the live commentary of the games. So what we're doing is we're doing a reaction show after after every Scotland game. I think the main voice you would uh, you would recognise is the guy from Hampden Park. He does all the kind of voice all, uh, all the the, the canary announcements. Is it, is it Graham? Graham, yes, uh, yes. Graham So, um, so I, I'm hoping, to, I'm hoping that he would come on the show one time to speak about it. And I'm trying to get a few, uh, a few journalists as well to to come on the show. So, so that'll be good. So that'll be um, what four shows. Um, but uh, because of Scotland games, as you know, Reagan, the two, the last two games. Uh, it's eight o'clock kickoff, so it's going to be quite a late show. We'll we'll be on for like, I think we'll be on for an hour after the game. Just speaking about it, and we invite people to email in their comments or of views and, and whatever. I just no want to talk to you. Do, do you think Scotland have got, have got a good chance here? You know, because we've got a good squad this time. What do you make of the squad? Yeah, I mean. I was listening to you, Reagan, um, for it was in Go Reggae or, or one of your podcasts. I, I was thinking about this last week in the show. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very exciting squad that, that they've got. I think everybody's just so happy that Scotland will get to a bloody tournament, <laughs> you know, instead of being at home watching Coronations. I think, like, um, I think looking at the squad, the only person might not be happy is Lee Griffiths. And I'll tell you why. Because, okay, Lee Griffiths has not been getting a game for, for Celtic um, because, of, you know, you, you hear lots of different rumours about he's not, he's not been fit or else he's felt with, you know, John Kennedy or Bill Lennon or whatever. And then June Forrest kind of gets back and plays one game, scores a hat trick and gets a think of the Scotland team. Now, I like Forrest as a, as a kind of player, but I think Lee Griffiths knows will be put out put of our joint a wee bit because he's been, you know, he's been um, basically fit, well, you would say that word loosely, fit all season and there's a sub. Yeah, Forrest was out for like the whole, what was it, the whole season? And they just come back for like 
two or three games and now he's in the squad. I mean, I mean, I've got nothing against kind of like James Flores for that. Um, I guess he was all he might be feeling a bit hard done by 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 that decision. But no, I mean, I think like um, David Tumble that that's that's good for uh, to see him in the squad as well. Um, hopefully, we'll get a ninety-minute game. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the tournament, you know. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go see what happens. Oh yeah, um, sad that there won't be a, a, a fifty thousand crowd in there because of the COVID. It's weird, isn't it? The whole season, like um, you know, like but in saying that, Regan, it's weird when you watch the Premiership and the fans in. Yeah, you know, like you went the whole season without seeing fans, and you're like, "Where the hell are they?" You know, um, but like, uh, yeah, it would be, it's gonna be a bit weird not seeing a, a kind of like sell it for the games. I'm so disappointed that the Scottish Cup final never had any fans in either. But obviously, uh, you know, the day before Glasgow get missed to tear flames. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a bit weird when fans do go back, kick the games, but it's one of these ones where you wait for years for Scotland to get into a bloody tournament and then all the fans can't get to, to Hamden or, or whatever. So uh, yeah, so that's going to be a, a bit weird. But I'm, I'm sick of looking at the stupid cable cutouts. They're a bit daft. Uh, you know, I, I think I think the I think the winner for me this season would have to be Levinskin because I don't know if they can afford to get the whole stadium done, but they're going to get like four cuts behind one of the one of the goals, and yeah, it looks a bit daft. And just now, want to talk to you about Levinskin? They are now only the the team with the pl- the plastic pitch. Do you think we will? Uh... Get get rid of the plastic pitches next season. Do you think they'll put they'll put it to a vote? Yeah, that conversation comes up now because can we upset the division? Um, yeah. To be honest, guy, I don't like plastic pitches. Um, I know that years ago that um, when Gunferman was up in the division, and I'm not sure if they still have a plastic pitch or not, but like um. They were kind of like higher than out to kind of like you know five or side teams and whatever. I don't really like it. I mean, like I used to, I used to play for Gasnock, uh, Gasnock uh, Soccer Centre a couple of years ago, and that was after cuff. But I hate like the wee like uh, you know black pellets that you get because after the after the game, my my boots were like covered in it and all that, and I had to take my shoes off at the door and, and you know, all that. Anyway, I might sound like an old man mourning now, but like, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Like, I think like, the game should be played in the grass, and yeah, I, I don't know why they, they've kind of like shows could go, could go down that route, you know. So you cover a Scottish football show. It must be so weird that Scott Brown is leaving Celtic. Talk to me a bit about Scott Brown. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's weird. 
I think it's like an end of an era, not only for Scott Brown, but for the Celtic fans as well, if you know what I mean, because like we've um people like us and um you know have been used to seeing him playing for Celtic and also Hibs before that and I thought it was ironic that Celtic last game was against Hibs and that's when it all, all kind of like started for Scott Brown at Hibs as well. So yeah, it's going to be a bit weird to boom again after all this time. Um, yeah, you know, um, it, what I would say was he, he's been a good servant to, to Celtic over the years. It, he's had to put up with a hell of a lot because I know that when it came to Celtic, he had to put up with stick off the Rangers fans and all that about, you know, Siska dying and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit weird to... I think it's because if Scott Brown wasn't here, for, if Scott Brown was here for two years and they moved to Aberdeen, then you would feel a bit different. But because he's been here, what was it, for 14 years, and now he's moving up to Aberdeen, you know, but it's going to be a bit, bit weird. But I don't, I don't know if something else has been on at Celtic that we don't really know about because as you, back in the day that when I think it was when Gorgon Spratton was, I can't remember, but he was coaching like the under twenties and, and all that and you saw him on uh the the gag dugout being the coach and all that. So I d I don't know what's uh, happening. I mean as soon as I heard that news I was a bit surprised but then uh then then I had all these kind of theories going about my head, saying, well, maybe maybe he knows that, that who the new Celtic manager is and he doesn't fancy him, so he's going up. Or else maybe he wants to, to go up because his pal's there. So I don't know, but I'm sure I'm sure you'll you'll bring out a bit or he'll <laughs> do a big exclusive in the, in the paper and but no, no, Celtic will wait about 13 weeks before we before they appoint a manager and, and all that. So uh, it's really frustrating, Reagan. Obviously, the, the big hope this year was 10 in a row. And uh, Stephen Gerrard Rangers have done great and Celtic have not done well. What have you made of Scottish football this season? I think... Uh, I think all the... I think they, they have done well this season. Um, if I'm honest with you, um, Rangers are not a bright team. Um, as obviously Celtic sold in the last two or three games, and still not beat them, but that, that was Celtic's. That wasn't anything to do with Celtic, uh, Rangers. That was getting the Celtic being so wasteless <laughs> in front of goal um, and all that. Um, I think it's been a weird season as well um, for all the clubs not to have any fans in the stadium. Um, well, I, I mean, fair play to Stephen Gerrard, had a job to do and they, they've done it well, but I guess you feel like the standing of Scottish football kind of like fell away a, a wee bit this season. Um, I don't know yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what it is. I think it's just because um, of the Kiwi coverage of Scottish football. 
this season as well. I, I know I'm going off topic a wee bit here, but I felt the coverage of Scottish football this season was absolutely terrible. Um, and I put us in on Twitter about it the other week. Uh, disgrace uh, Scottish football fans paying all that money. And, you know, the, all they're getting to see is Celtic Rangers, Rangers Celtic. The only, the only game that um, basically was, was on the telly was last week come out and um, uh, um, Dundee. Uh, in the playoffs, and I was surprised to see that on Sky because Sky Sky usually doesn't take uh, the the playoff games. But uh, so sorry, so I went off and won there. So um, yeah, I mean, I felt as though that the Scandig is um, is actually kind of dropped a wee bit from the last couple of seasons. I don't know if that's because of there's no fans there or you know whatever. Um, yeah. And you, you spoke about Sky Sports there. I don't know if you know, but there's um, Sky Sports have got a deal with they need, of, uh, they need to show up to 48 games. And Sky have only shown 41 games this season. Ah, well, yeah, well done, Regan. I was hoping that somebody would say that to me because I had a, an idea about um, doing an article of it this about um, the lack of Scottish football. I mean, if you were like, um, say you were a fan of, I don't know, Ross County, say, or Hibs or whatever, you would, and you, you paid for Sky, you would be so pissed off that there wasn't any games on at all. The only games that you would see is when Ross County plays Celtic or Celtic play Ross County, or Celtic place Hibs, um, and that's it. But you would get to see Ross County against Johnson. Yeah, and I find it the way that you know the way when uh, like the Scottish football that it's a it's a big Super Sunday, and like the Scottish games on uh, yeah. say Sky Sports main event, but then they change it to say West Brom against against uh, Chelsea. Hmm. Straight after the games, you get you you get no match analysis, no interviews, just yeah. straight straight to the English game. And that's the same pundits as well, um, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that this is another podcast. I think rigging, but yeah, I really got annoyed because it, before COVID it was worse. It's even worse now. About it. I mean, you're, you're lucky if you, you get a game. The only time you get two games back-to-back from Scotland is in Boxing Day. And that's it, you know. Um, and I had a wee rant on Twitter uh, last week and somebody saw my comment on some Sky um, uh, as well. And like, um, but but that was, that was no comment. And it's not fair that... Um, that, that they do that. I mean, if, if Celtic and Rangers move to the Premiership tomorrow, you would see you would see a lot of games, and they would forget about Scottish football. But I don't I don't think it's right how you're asking football fans, or not not football fans, but people because uh, football uh, and they doesn't like uh, doesn't support a team in Scotland 
asking them to pay all that money um, and and they're not getting to see a game. I mean, I know that you had a game. I know that you had Grant Phillips on a couple of months ago from BT Sport. Now, personally speaking, and and I, I'm not saying this because I know Grant, but like I prefer BT's coverage uh, of the football. Uh, at least when when the coverage football, they they had um, you know that they had. Um, they were only another before the game when he had that Scottish football expert. But it's worse than Sky because even though that they, they come on half an hour early, but sometimes it's only 10 minutes early before the game um, as well. But yeah, it's, it's one of my biggest bugbears. And to be honest, if Sky had a way, they would never cover Scottish football. You know, and we we all know that the 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 coverage of uh, the 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 product, uh, the the you know we, we know that Scottish football is not the best league in the world. I we we can buy that, but we still want to see the teams of the week or you know whatever. Yeah, I just want to now talk to you about uh, Premier Sports because they, uh, they every single tie that they show is just Celtic Rangers playing a different team. Yeah, I I know. I think it's I, I, I have a feeling why I have a feeling they do that because they're um, they're sending it to the Irish audience as well, and obviously, as you know, Reagan that. There's um, Rangers, Celtic, Celtic Rangers fans in Ireland, and, and that's it um, as well. But yeah, you're right. I mean, all the tie that they showed this year was, well, obviously, apart from the Cup final, but you know, um, sorry, the, the Scottish Cup final. But yeah, all the ties are, you know, the awesome and, and all that. And I mean, fair, fair play to the, 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 the BBC. I mean, they've they went down another avenue this year and, and showing the, the first season games in the flag and eight. I don't know. I don't know if you watched it, Reagan, but I actually quite enjoyed that and um, watching team, teams that you don't see every week. And I also like to see teams that it used to be in the top league, but it's not in the top league. That, like Rafe Rovers, like I wanted them to come back up only because. Um, we've not saw them for um, we've not saw them for years, and and the top fight and they are giving good to see. So well, well done for the BBC, well done for them them showing the highlights on the Saturday night. Because don't know about you, but I used to hate seeing highlights on the Monday night. Yeah, especially when the game was on the Saturday. Um, yeah. I just want to touch on now the ladies football because that is. Uh, now, they come in interesting race with Glasgow City, Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, I heard on the regular today that it's, um, it's getting to, to, uh, two games to go in the season, so the season's nearly finished. I saw the... Um, and, and well done to the BBC. I'm not I'm not just bottling up the BBC here, Regan, but well done for them to show the women's football as well, because that's I don't think that's never been seen before, kind of like on TV. 
Um, but yeah, I watched the, the Celtic and Rangers game last week, but um, it's typical Celtic Rangers game. Celtic gang millions of chances and Rangers went up the park and scored. Um, <laughs> I think Celtic won that game, actually. Um, yeah, Celtic won 2-1. Yeah, I think that was the part of that game as well, yeah. Um, Rangers were 1-1 now. I saw the highlights and stuff. So, yeah, it's going down to the wire and, and all that. And better than the men's game, you, you would say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to, to have women's sport recognised now as a sport and they're, they're, they're taking it seriously now because years ago, as you know, that wasn't spoken about a lot. The next part I just wanted to touch on as, as well is what advice would you have for someone as a disabled who wants to get into journalism in any, any form, whether it's broadcast, whether it's writing? That, uh, I mean, I would say that, um, you know, we ask our kids with hospital regals, I did kind of start for me because, like, um, I don't know if he's done like hospital regularly again, but it's a good kind of, um, you know, like, I wouldn't say stepping stone, but <clears throat> it gives you um, experience um, as as well. Obviously, um, you, you know, like um, it gives you experience as well, so that's good. But when you're looking at to get into newspapers or whatever, um, kind of like media, kind of like pitch ideas to, to different people. Um, usually when people ask people, listen, and they say, make a pen and ask for yourself, like, don't go away and say, you know, I like, um, I want this idea, um, have a look at this idea and stuff, and build a network up of different people, because like that's what I've done, and I suppose it, it makes it a bit more easier than uh, Reagan, like, who who to contact and schedule, like going around the houses and all that, looking for like, a name. Um, so if you've got a different idea, um, but also look at the look at the newspapers or whatever, and think about what are they not speaking about that that should really be covered, and all that. You know, and, and and pitch idea, and you never know that you 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 might get commissioned, you might not, um, and and all that, and it's about networking as well. You know, and I would say that it's not what you know, it's who you know, and um, you know, and that's right. You you know, um, and you've got to be in the right place at the the right time, um, and all that. So yeah. I mean, I suppose that I've been kind of like quite lucky in a way, but you get, what I would say is you've, you've got to work very hard. You know, it doesn't come to you in the plate. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to, you've got to go at that way, make ideas and all that, you know, and you, you've got to connect connections and, and all that, you know, and you might never speak to them in a year, but you might, you might say, ah, right, okay, I know, I know that guy, and you, you might go to him in about two years' time with their kind of like idea or pitch, and I think it's a bit timing as well. 
Um, I know that's a, a bit of a long answer that I gave you there. Yeah, that, that would be my advice. Cheers. Um, Derek, you also do a bit on uh, disability rights as well. Talk, yeah. to about, talk to us about that. Yeah, so I'm from East Renfrewshire, um, just kind of like it's a graphical, and um, I'm like the chairperson of my local disability group. And uh, it's a kind of like campaigning group. So we, we have meetings uh, the last Monday of the month. And we spoke about, we, we speak about local issues affecting people with disability in, in East Renfrewshire. And um, we, we work with the council as well. But because of our campaigning group, we are kind of independent from the council because we, we can't be seen to be working with the council and campaign, campaigning against what the council council um, council gets and does, you know. So yeah, so I, I've been doing that for about doing that for about six or seven years. Um and and um, yeah I, I like it so they it's mega both people with disabilities and um organizations that works with people and support people with learning disabilities and physical disabilities as well. So, yeah. So, um, you spoke about there about uh, politics. you got a big love for politics. And I wanted to talk to you about the, 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 the Labour um, MP who's now d- disabled, who's joined the parliament. What do you make of that? That must be a big step, in, a big step for disabled people in, the, in Scottish politics. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing about this, Regan, is I don't know, well, I've met Pam a few times, uh, but the weird thing is I used to go to school with her husband um, years ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was good to see um, that some people were standing um, for Parliament. In fact, all the parties had candidates this year with disabilities. So it's good to see that the parliament's changing a wee bit, uh, you know, parliament and Labour this year. So so that's good to see. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you, you heard, but the day before that she was going to the Emirates, that the security thought she was, yeah. Uh, so for anyone that didn't see that, um, Pam was basically um, refused. Entry because they had no space for a wheelchair. Um, Michael, if you just want to touch a bit about that. Yeah, I so um, I was the day before. I think it was a Friday that she went to the count. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and basically the security never let in because she thought that everybody um, saw that they assumed that you know she was just a member of the public trying to get in and she didn't realise that she was like a candidate for the Labour Party and all that. So that's <clears throat> that's going back to what I was saying earlier on, Reagan, about people just assume that, you know, uh, and, and all that, you know, but they, um, they don't take a minute to think outside the box. To me, that is sad because she is uh, in a wheelchair and she is doing her best and just because... Uh, they're, they're prejudging the wheelchair and they see the wheelchair, they're just 
Like, oh, she's yeah. not, she's not that We can't let her in, you know. Yeah, I mean it's discrimination as well that Reagan, because uh, like if they did that to anyone now, I'm sure they would be up and armed about it. And Pam, Pam was up and armed at maybe paper and all that, you know. But it shouldn't really be happening. They they should never assume that if you're in a wheelchair or if you've got a um, a, a, a mobility issue. People shouldn't assume that you, you can't do it or you can't scan for, for parliament or you can't be a candidate or, you know, whatever. You, you can be whoever the hell that you want to be, you know. Uh, as I say, the world's your oyster. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I was glad that Pam got in because, I, in a way, I was, when they heard that news, I'm sure there are people at them that must be feeling a bit stupid. When they held uh, the women that they never let in got elected to uh, the Labour Party. So um, I think that was a bit two fingers up to them and say, well, what did you know? <laughs> and I just wanted to say to, say to them, after listening, that I've been to them for Davis Cup and also for athletics venues, and there's plenty of space for wheelchairs. I don't see where they're getting that excuse from. Maybe they just need to educate people more. Yeah, I mean, we, we speak about education and raising awareness quite a lot, but I mean, I mean, God's sake, I mean, people should be, you know, you shouldn't have to raise awareness about disability issues. Um, you know, it should be plain and simple. And and should be basically smacking you right in the face as well, you know, um, you know about raising awareness about these kind of like issues. Um, just use your common sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe some people hasn't got any common sense. I'm not sure, but um, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know why they do that, and people just get an attitude about. You know, and, and stuff like that, you know, and shut up, go away. <laughs> you know, it really annoys me sometimes. And I feel like that quite a lot. And I'm sure you see it every day in life, and I see it every day in life. And, and you know, whether it's um, on the news or on the internet and stuff like that. And it really annoys me. You know, you know that people's getting, people's getting discriminated against, you know, getting into a building. And then the other thing is people uh, getting discriminated against they kind of get into a building because it's not rugged accessible. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, but the but the biggest thing for me was that she explained that the person didn't believe that she was a, a candidate, you know. That yeah, I know, yeah. I know it's like, you know, you, you can be disabled and you can go to the moon. You, you, you know, you can be a, a candidate, you can be X, Y, and Z, you know, you, I mean, I mean, it doesn't say you're disabled, you make you stay in the house 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, kind of locked in the cupboard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can go wherever the hell you want to, you know, I mean, you want to do podcasting, you can do podcasting, you know, and I don't don't start on that, Reagan, because it really pisses me off. Yeah, and do, do you think this still needs to be addressed and done to that? Because, like, 
if you go to venues now, there's still some venues that, you, that, that I can't access, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, I think, like, because of Pam getting in, hopefully something will get done because, like, she's got this experience about, you know, this Rilke, but also kind of, like, see sees it on the ground, um, what's happening to disabled people when it comes to the whole benefit system and all that. But yeah, I mean, you, you're right, Regan. I mean, there's millions of venues in Glasgow um, that people really can't access because of the stairs and it's not a lift up to up to the venue and stuff like that. So it, it should now be mandatory that they should have a lift on a, on a ramp again. Ma- mandatory, there needs to be something done. Yeah, yeah, something should be really put into law about that, Regan, you know, because. Places can't get away with that, you know. Um, I mean, I know I knew somebody years ago that it took a certain security company court, you know, and, and they won the, the case um, because they wasn't going into a venue um, and all that. So there's still a lot, yeah, there's still a lot of stigma out there. And to be honest, guy, it, it really annoys me and pisses me off in the way that. You know, everything should be plain sailing for everybody, but when it comes to access and all that, you know, it's not really like that. It's kind of like not a level playing field. But I mean, see, Pam, for example, people don't realise that the work that she puts in, day in, day out, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, as I say, I mean, I don't know Pam that well. Uh, I've been to a few events when I was doing kind of like my motivational speaking part, but like, um, and she used to work for an organisation called Inclusion in Scotland. And um, they did a lot of policy work with, with the Scottish government and all that. Um, so, but yeah, Pam knows her stuff and they're uh, good luck to her. And see, in terms of um, you on a daily basis, do you, do you think things are changing for disabled people, or do you still feel people are coming to you with the same problems that came to you ten years ago? That's a good question, Regan. Uh, I would like to see yes, but sometimes no. And in terms of like. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm doing work at the moment with a couple of parents about, um, you know, that their child is go to leave school and there's nothing in place, you know, no support when she's leaving school. And when she told me that story, sorry, when she told me that story, I was like, that, oh no, no again. Yeah. Because that, that you know, that's that experience when I left school. I don't know if you were like that as well, Regan, but like um, the the skill issues kind of like I I run out. I mean, go and get me on. I, I mean, I like what I do, and you know, raise right, awareness of disability issues, whether it's in the media or whatever. I like doing it, but sometimes I, I wish it would be more easier than not doing it. If that makes sense. And, you know, more kind of like straightforward and, and all that. And, you know, disabled people, we've got to fight for everything, but it would be brilliant to get up one day and not fight for anything. Everything would be, you know, like set in place. But 
until we get that, we, we've still got to campaign and speak about it. See, in terms of the problem you said leaving school, was it was it college accepting? Was it the school not understanding that the, that the child couldn't do anything? Because I've heard a lot of people saying that the, in terms of the school, that they just they, they, they just think, oh, you can find something when you're leaving, and that and that will do you. They don't put the right um, advisor in to help. I I know. I mean, what I would say there, Reagan, is when when we went to the school, um, the we went to a college one day a week in Motherwell College. It was called. Uh, fun enough, it's in Motherwell, that's what it's called, Motherwell College. And <laughs> I was there like one day a week and like, um, you know, it was just kind of like getting used to uh, college life, basically. When, but when I left school, I went there five days a week and I was just doing like, uh, a course called uh, Prospects and Prospects was about, you know, it was like being back at school again, you know, like Give a, you know, I was like basic stuff you were doing, um, but I thought the idea was to go to college to get a job and, well, sorry, to get a qualification and then hopefully move on to a job. But that wasn't like, that wasn't for me, that course. And then I so I got on a mainstream course um, at the end of it and like, my, my my tutors were trying to take me in that prospects course. Oh no, well they never came out and said it, but they were hinting they were hinting as though that oh no you can't really do that course, you know, um, and all that. So I I, I went on to um, my kind of like business admin course, and and you know I got all the support that and I got one to one support as well. So. Yeah, so I've really, you know, when you leave school, they should say, right, Michael, what did you want to do? You know, uh, people just assume that you're disabled and you can't, you can't work as, you can't work as hard to to get that qualification. But we'll put you into a, a course, um, you know, like prospects and all that. And, Aye, it's a lot of shit, to be, to be honest with you. And people say cars wait the rights to um to do whatever they want to do. So do you, do you feel like the school kind of shortchanged you a little bit, but by undermining your ability? Because I felt the same way, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I because I left uh, school and then I got took to the the mother will call like you said, and it was the same type of course. And I didn't do it. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I went and uh, I played botcher for a little bit. And then I went and done my HNC at Ayrshire College. Um, I didn't have any sports qualifications, but I played the situation with my school situation. And they said, look, um, if, if you come here and do your best, then you should do, do well. And they gave me the chance. Forever grateful to to Ayrshire College. Yeah, I I, I know it's um, it was just it was just annoying at the time and, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I got my way. You know, like um, I suppose it was my right to do. 
you know, when you go to college and stuff like that. Um, but you've asked about the, the school. I mean, when um, now it sees us talking about it now because of their school years ago. But when I'm looking back at school, I would say I would prefer to go in my, a mainstream local school. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, because I don't know if you think this as well, but like when I when I was at school, I had had pals. I but they had pals kind of all over the place. So like um, when I was getting older, like I could get see my pals at the weekends and stuff. So that really affected my coins against a wee bit, you know, and like. Um, annoyed me that I mean the only time I got to see my pals was once a week at a youth club and that was about it. Um so yeah I mean now as you've asked me that question if I had to go back to school tomorrow um I would go to my local school yeah. And in terms of disabled people I was obviously had a bad experience with us I've gone to school and you did too. So would you say to those people don't doubt your ability and go to a mainstream school? I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, nowadays, yeah, you, you know, you've heard of different schools. I don't know where where you you, you come from, Reagan, but um, I, I, I mean, yeah, you, you, you saw um, like local schools having like one to one support, as you say, but also. Kind of like autism units as well for like people with well autism, but also that they, they go into the the men's claim kind of like ten table once a week as well. So I suppose like that's good to see. And it's about what you were saying earlier on, Reagan, about raising awareness as well. I suppose that's a good way of raising awareness about some gay take funds in the future. It's good to raise awareness of the last year that people faces in the future and um and by by doing that hopefully that you'll knock down the barriers as as well. So I think it's a good thing as well. I mean one of my pals um went to a local school in Barhead and she got to see a pals every every day, kind of like outside school as well. Where maybe me and you never go up to see our pals and, and all that. So that really annoyed. I don't know about you, but it really annoyed me, especially when I was getting older. I do feel though, personally speaking, and my my opinion, and people might listen to this and think I'm talking a lot of shit. <laughs> I do talk a lot of shit anyway, but like um I think that the parents they come and go with the with the children a bit more at the moment. But also with a bit about social work as well, kinda of like um giving the right support to the parents as well. But instead that the parents would be talking up for their, their children. You know, um I, I think disability skills are good. I think they've got a purpose, but I think like um I mean the way I, the way I talk about it, Reagan, is like if you go to a disabled school, you're a month, you're you're really in a bubble, you know, like through of people with disabilities, and and I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean most most of my pals have got a disability, and 
my pals never went to that school. They went to mainstream school. But um, what I'm saying is, look at the look at their capabilities and, and all that, you know, and get, give them a chance to go to a mainstream school. And as a mainstream school doesn't work out well, at least that you give it a go. I mean, you don't know until you give it a shot. People think about um, college or day centre, like they don't speak about disabled people in work. You know, that, that's why I was doing that thing early on that I was speaking to you about the... Uh, the, the video that I did for SKB and all that, um, you, you know, but they, they don't speak about jobs. They don't think about, oh, Michael and Reagan can go out and earn money, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and all that, you know, that's why the numbers are, are so low. But I think the schools, I think that's partly to do with the school program as well. I, I know, and like, I'm, I'm sure you, you were the same, but when I moved into mainstream at college, um, there was a lot of people with disabilities doing sports and, and media and, and, you know, and all that, um, and, and they got one-to-one -one support. So I don't see the difference uh, as well, you know. Um, People should really understand people with disabilities better. And to be honest, Reagan, I like speaking about this, and I know you you like speaking about it well, but it really annoys me how like we've got to raise this kind of issue again and again and again, and nothing really gets done about it. No. It's like when you go in a car first, you say, oh, no, I'm shit scared about driving the car. And then two weeks later, you've passed your test. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that's about like um, giving people a chance with a disability and work. You know, um, give them two weeks, maybe three weeks, and then they'll pick it up. You, you know, but if you don't give them a chance, they'll never learn. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, accessible housing as well, that's another interesting debate and I'm sure Pam will be on on their cardboard bond as I say and you know like um, looking at accessible housing and you know even going out for nights out as what you were saying Reagan like the pub and, and all that you know just basic things but it's not basic things when it comes to accessible um, it's more difficult it's more challenging and it should be really straightforward, but it's not. <laughs> it's annoying. Mm. But, but nice thing to you as well, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to be on your podcast. So finally, you know, uh, Michael, I just wanted to ask you, what um, advice would you have for someone in the, the disabled that's in a situation that we spoke about in school, driving a car, housing, what would you say to them? I would say that speak up for yourself. Like, if you want to do something, do it. Uh, you, might get, you might need support to do it, but, um, you know, everybody's entitled to have a, a go, at, even if you want to, you know, um, get into podcasting, like what, what Reagan does, or if you want to get into the media work, like what we do and, and all that, give it a go. And, you know, it's one of these ones where you don't know until you, 
you give it a go and you might be shite at it or, or you might be brown at it. You, you never know, but don't let people write you off um, because people get assumptions about people with a disability, whether that could be learning the physical or mental health issues or, or whatever. Um, stand up for your right um, and get, just enjoy life. In the place of work, what would you say is the biggest uh, the biggest issue? Um, I mean, I mean, when when I got my first paid job, right, I was twenty one at the time. So before you say it, Reagan, that wasn't yesterday <laughs> or last week. But like, um, I found my confidence went up a hell of a lot, and I got to meet people, and then I got to get invited to nights out and Christmas nights out and birthday parties and all that. And that really helped your confidence as well. And you think you're valued as well when you when you get a job and people value you for your work and your talents and they don't look upon you as being disabled. You, they look upon you as a person doing that job. Um, and that's what it should that's what it should be about and should come to at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay, Michael, well, I just wanted to thank you for joining me and uh, talking about all things uh, disability, politics and uh, football as well. Yeah, it sounds really good.